Grand Rising Wolves and Sheep. Welcome to the Black Wolf 1230s podcast. In this series, we've been focusing on we have been focusing on a 65,000 word 210 page copywritten manuscript of an autobiography of my life mentally, physically, and spiritually. Don't forget, well, we're going to put the mentally slash psychologically on how I think, how I feel, how I react, how I respond, and why. Uh, Basically, uh, in the previous uh, episodes, uh, we started with the introduction. The introduction explained why I'm so curious about water, why I'm so curious about the sun, uh, why I basically uh, had a long road of ex-wives, more than Elizabeth Taylor. Um, so then we moved on to the biographies of my parents, my mother and my father. Uh, and this is just a recap. My mother was raised in a foster home while family was still around. So that allowed me to see as right now, even right now, you know, I love my family. I do, but I never wanted to be around them. (laughs) And I only wanted to be around them like I could just choose the hours or I could choose the occasion. But other than that, mm mm-mm. But I used to complain. I used to uh, gripe that, hey, they're not doing enough for me to be my family member. And that was unfair because I had a mother who basically was basically reunited with her family when she turned 15, you know? So that allowed me not to uh, complain and gripe anymore. Um, So I had a dad who was a military soldier, U.S. military soldier. I mean, I'm not saying it just because of my dad, but he was one of the strongest soldiers that, you know, that this country ever produced. Um, Had a dad who loved booty like I do. (laughs) Um, My dad was my alpha. Of course, he still is the alpha of this pack. I'm just filling in until his return. Rest in peace, you know. Um, So, let's see. You know, dad was, dad was, dad was, he was a strong subtle man at times put it this way 
Dad never let his family be in fear of his true anger and his true rage. You understand what I mean? You know, um, except there was one time, though. <laughs> I never feared for daddy. My father had just came in from New York. He had a lemon. He had what? He had a. He had. He had like. He had a lemon. Lemon Cadillac. I can't remember. Was it Fleetwood? It was a, a convertible. And he had borrowed some money from mommy. And he had borrowed some money from mommy to pay some tolls. The reason why he was paying tolls is because he was an intercontinental truck driver. So after he got out of service, you know, he started driving trucks. Um, like I said, daddy was a booty monster. He, he liked booty. They get caught up in these hotels and these gambling spots and these fish fry, these fish fry places, you know, these places where <laughs> I would be with my dad and we would go to places like all over the country. And he knew someone, someone, somewhere, somehow, he was just know his, 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 his handle name was BMO Globe. And he was Globe, not because he had a big head too. He, he always... You know, he, he, daddy did have a nice size head. My nephew got his head. Thank God. I escaped that. But anyway, dad would, uh, so, so he would gambling and women and getting popped at the hotel room by the chick taking his pockets, you know. So he, he would have brought a eight track stereo system for his Cadillac. And the Lionel Rich's greatest hits, including the Commodores, Commodores package. So, <laughs> Dad come down to grandpa's and whatever. Mommy sitting there waiting because when Dad always came to town, we knew he was coming. You know, coming back to town. It was like we would gather at my grandmother's house or whatever. You know, that was pops. So, Mommy say, "Where my money?" And he said. Look, Donetta, I don't have your money right now, but I'm great. See, let me just take care of this business or whatever. And I'm and I'm gonna call Travelers Insurance and I can get more money, okay? No, I want my money now. I'm gonna ask my mother. My mother dog. My mother a pit bull in the skirt. You know. <laughs> Eve like a little chihuahua cut compared to my mother. My mother ain't no joke, y'all. She the type. She even got me when I I'm around her. It's like she look at me like nigga, how you get here? <laughs> My mom would be talking to me, looking at me like nigga, you still here? <laughs> well, I love her mom, but anyway. So he said, so she kept getting on him, and he snapped. He got the PTSD. And he snapped. So he said, this is what I spent it on. He said, this A-track and, and, and these Lionel Richie uh, 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 tapes, these uh, A-track. And she, she said, oh, that's not my problem. Well, and that's mommy. That's not my problem. She always removing herself from a situation. Always asking 200 questions. Then all of a sudden, she ain't in it. You hear me? So he tried to put her in. She said, look, he tried to put her in the trunk, right? So the whole neighborhood was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. 
It's like, it's like, Keith, you gonna do something? Did what? <laughs> she was getting on the nigga nerves. <laughs> I know she act and dad don't get off like that. But the man just came from town off the road. He just got he just got hit by some 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 some, some prostitute from the hotel. Then he gotta he got he gotta put it in a claim for Travis Insurance to get the money. And mommy was just on because mommy arrived you yo. Mommy arrived you trust me. Mommy arrived you so much. If you're sitting at the table and you're eating after this woman get get on this woman get on your nerves so bad. That you sit there and you you hate the cow, the damn hamburger came from. Do you understand? You hate the soil that the vegetables grew from. That's how she be. Oh my god! Anyway, mommy a PTSD mama. All right, y'all. So the next chapter, like I said, the first chapter was the birth of Enigma. The next chapter, which we're focusing on, which is chapter two, will be the onion in the field. It's about basically my abuser and our family's abuser. Uh, so, thank you. And hold on. Chapter two. The Onion of the Family. One day, my Aunt Geneva called my mother concerning her disapproval of my mother's and father's marriage. My aunt did not hide her harsh feelings toward my my father. Being married to my mother, my mother's response to my aunt's prying in, in her relationship business is that she was not blind and she knew what she was doing. My mother never told my aunt to mind her business and never understood why my mother was so tolerable to my aunt, meddling her personal business. Like I said, my father would visit my mother long enough to make things right and then continue his womanizing in the streets. My mother still kept her boyfriends, and yet I still didn't understand her pain and what my mother was going through. My mother became pregnant, and it's not my father's. And this time, she got an abortion. A year later, my mother gives birth to a baby girl, and this time it was my father's. For some time, it looked like my parents were working things out until Aunt Geneva is furious and threatens my mother to make, to, to make a choice to choose, choose her or my father. My, my mother chose my father, thus my aunt then comes to our apartment raging mad and talks back excuse me and takes back everything she brought me and my sister for christmas i learned not to trust people giving me gifts because of this display of spitefulness from my aunt my father began to visit my mother more because my baby sister was born after they had conceived their love child the womanizing of my father increased, and so did my fights at school. Finally, I learned the reason for the fights were because my classmates didn't like my father sleeping with their mothers. One night, my mom receives a call around 2.30 in the morning from a woman from Texas. 
she was sleeping yeah. with my father. As he drove his trucks across the country, my mother heard what she had said. The woman had informed my mother of the affairs she was having with my father. Afterwards, the woman let my mother know that that's why I put a root on him. Roots are a common practice of witchcraft, heavily used by Southerners, stemming from days of American slavery times. The woman from Texas was a practitioner of black magic. A root is an evil spell. My mother confronted my father of the affair, and he didn't deny it. One day, I came home from school, and I began my exercise routine of pull-ups hanging from the clothing bar of, the, of my closet when I noticed a Jefferson nickel dated 1955. I went to my junior high school library to see what it was worth, and the book said 10 cents. I sold the nickel to an assistant principal of Lombard Junior High School for 9 cents. I had learned to negotiate at an early age because of this. I, a week later, my, my father came back in toward to see my, came in town to see my mother and my sister, and I could hear my father raising his voice because I ended as before I entered the apartment. My father, my mother and father were fussing, and I didn't have a clue this time what for. My father's nervous and sweaty, asking my mother, "Where the nickel?" My father gets down on one knee and asks me if I found a nickel in my room. I said, yeah, I spent it. He then rushes out of the apartment. I didn't care because I found a new way of collecting money besides the traditional arts of trading stamps and baseball cards. I asked my mother what's going on. My mother replied, that nickel ain't going to help him. Your father's fighting a road, on, road put on him by one of his women. I I learned he placed the nickel in my room because in black magic or roots that that curses are always are set upon the firstborn male to ensure the bloodlines are afflicted for generations. My father was trying to pass the root on to to me because as a child I was given many instructions. I learned from my grandmother as she cared for me due to her belief in the powers of the Holy Bible and its prophetic wisdom. Bad luck starts to happen to my father, and I did not feel any remorse because I felt him hurting my mother needed to stop. I had no respect of my father's alpha male position in our family, and I was wrong for that. But I am a black wolf, whereas my position of beta male is common in wolf packs. Soon afterwards, my, my father moves furnitures for a big chain hotel. When he falls down in the elevator shaft three stories. The next mix happens, my father is driving his tractor trailer in Buffalo, New York, and his front axle breaks. I guess the route was working, and yet I was not conscious that my dad resented me for it. My father was out of work as a result of these setbacks, receiving travelers insurance benefits, and my my mother became his nurse, just as she was after his Vietnam War injuries. He started staying with us full time, and my mother woke up early each morning before she went to work to cook, to cook breakfast. She was auditioning to be my father's wife again. She seemed content and that my father was there, and she felt his presence gave her a meaning and purpose in her life. 
And I didn't mind because my father kept her from being so hard on me. My father recovers once again, and he is off to his woman. My mother couldn't take any more of my father's cheating. My mother goes back to work while I am babysitting. Um, I'm babysitted by her girlfriend, Elaine, six floors down. Elaine is giving money to to school shopping, to go school shopping, and brings back jeans with butterflies and flowers on them. They were girl jeans. I feared my mother, and I dared not to tell her about the jeans being for girls, so I started wearing and changing clothes under them. My mother never knew for a long time I was changing my clothes in the school bathroom until one day my mother catches me trying to smuggle out a change of clothes in my school backpack. My mother started realizing I wasn't as naive as I pretended to be. She started inspecting my stuff every day before I left for school. Welcome back, Wolves and Sheep. So, what was going on is, I started gaining my uh, own independence. Because basically, mom was busy with my sister, which kept her off me. She wasn't always watching me. She wasn't always trying to control me. Wasn't always trying to discipline me. So, plus dad was coming around, and dad was around a little bit more, so, you know, she was getting, uh, she was getting dicked down. (laughs) So, things was groovy for me. I could be in my room doing what I do, (laughs) looking out the window, watching booties as it crossed the garage, uh, uh, during the time I lived I lived across from the main post office where these chicks these fine chicks from the post office uh, well they were women you know I was a little boy and they would get out of work and go to their cars and everything and watch those booties those high heels I mean those chicks them women look so damn fine that I could smell that perfume from from the tenth from the tenth floor I lived on, I tell you that boy. Mm, mm, mm. And then when I came out, see up on top, it was only four stories. The garage was only four stories. So six stories down, you could see the sun just glisten off them ball, glisten off their lips. No hand mask. Anyway, so. Basically, what was going on is mommy was working. Um, She was maintaining daddy. She was maintaining me and my sister. So her girlfriend, you know, she, she, she she would, you know, hire people to help her, like, you know, you know, to get my school clothes. And like I said, the chick brought back these jeans with butterflies on them. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. 
I wasn't too color conscious. So I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know clothes were supposed to match in colors. But I knew something was wrong when I saw flowers and butterflies. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just gonna leave it at that, right? Let me just make sure. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about the rook. Yeah, daddy uh started messing with them southern women. Going down there and started messing with them southern women, Texas women. <laughs> I too have a fondness for Texas women. <laughs> but this generation of Keefs was well aware, well, well conscious of, of their power. Trust me. So, I ain't play with no Southern women, boy. I didn't. My, mm, my ex-wife is a Texas woman. And uh, that little girl, mm mm mm, mm mm mm. But it was never a boring day with her, though. So we're going to get back to chapter two: the onion in the family. Thank you for listening. Okay, now we're going to continue back. We're going to resume back to chapter two, the onion of the family. One day, my school had a play called Alice in the Wonderland. I played the Jack of Diamonds. While standing in line, a student asked to see what kind of jeans I had on. He saw them, then shouted, he got on girl jeans, y'all. And I was embarrassed. I went home to stand up to my mother. And for once, I stood my ground. I'm not wearing these jeans and none of the other ones neither. I took off my belt because this is one butt weapon I welcome. I was no longer afraid of my mother because I had enough of, enough of her just treating me as if my existence did not matter. My mother looked at me. And I thought she was going to swing. Instead, she said, bring me those damn jeans, boy. She looked at them and saw a size three. Then she said, you're right. Only girls wear art numbers and sizes. And that's when I learned to stand up to my mom. But women could not control me anymore. And I began my evolving to sustain and conquer physical pain. Speaking of whippings, my sister stole my mother's jewelry box she received as a gift from my grandmother, Edna, during her trip to Barbados. For three weeks, I got a beating from my mother until the jewelry box came back. And if that wasn't bad enough, my Aunt Geneva would beat me as well. She would talk, she would take me to see her, then her then boyfriend played professional baseball for the Baltimore Orioles. After the game, she would make me take a bath, then whip me until the jewelry box finally showed up. The box never showed up, 
but my sister confessed to stealing it after I bribed her with some chocolate cupcakes. My sister Monica gave the box to a boy in her class named Booby. I never got an apology from my mother nor my aunt. My father said he wasn't surprised because this was the same aunt that used to call him in Virginia while he was training Marines and threatened to murder him for marrying my mother. My my mother started beating me more and fiercer with extension cords, crutch sticks, and Louisville sluggers because my tolerance to pain became highly elevated. And I stopped shedding tears and I started facing my fears. That is the end of chapter two. And we will do an analysis of it shortly. Thank you for listening. Okay. The ending part of chapter two basically stressed the fact is, is that I started acquiring a tolerance to pain. I started standing up for myself. Um, and <laughs> especially when I told my mother, I no longer feared butt weapons. So here you go. I believe my mother respected me for that a lot more. Um, as far as the jury box, I can't remember if it was from Barbados <clears throat> or Japan. And the reason why, now, my grandmother, my mother, my grandmother um, did a lot of traveling. My uncle was a Trappist monk. Um, so, my family personally knew the Pope. Um, we well, um, they visited the Pope several times in Rome, etc., etc. You know, and I'm not bragging. Don't get me wrong, but we we were black folks amongst the Pope. Okay. Anyway, so what had happened? The reason why the Barbados and Japan, the Japanese stuff stuck in because my sister was stealing anything that wasn't nailed down, you know, and and Barbados stuck up because my, uh, we have, our roots are down there as well, as far as the Caribbean, on my father's side. So, um, I, I had a fascination with the fly fish. Uh, we would have uh, calendars with the fly fish on them. In Barbados, they have fish that actually fly. Um, um, my grandmother would bring back dolls for her granddaughters, which these are Barbados. These Barbados dolls look like they 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 reminded me of Angie Mama. And like I said, I'm I like looking at booty. And when I used to lift the skirt up. Oh, that Barbados doll or whatever. She was fat. She was fat and she was funny like Grace Jones. You understand? So, the issue. And she always had this, this Barbados doll always had some pretty eyes. They, they either they'd be green, they'd be hazel, 
They be brown. They just be so big. It's like they, they're actually speaking to you. Like, I mean, eyes glows, eyes glowing like Angie Mama. So, um, that was the end of chapter two. And let's uh, conclude this, this series, excuse me, this episode with once again a musical selection. I haven't prepared one just yet, but let me produce one real quick. And um, for your enjoyment. Thank you for listening. And remember, wolves and sheep, black wolf, what? Black wolf 1230 loves you. That's right. Black wolf 1230 loves you. Black Wolf 1230 loves you. Black Wolf 1230 loves you. Yes, Black Wolf 1230 loves you. Remember that. You walk with it through the rest of your day. Stay peaced. Okay. This next music selection is called Kayla's Calling. Of course, you know, this dedication to my dog, Kayla. Miss you, girl. Delete the cool me.
All walks up. 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 All walks up.